Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, this is Lita Ford, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Molson Canadian presents... Heavy Montreal, August 7th, 8th, and 9th. Outdoors at Park Jean Trapeau. Featuring Slipknot, Faith No More, Corn, and Alexis on Fire. Three full days of rock and metal with Lamb of God, Iggy Pop, No FX, Lita Ford, and many more. Festival passes on sale now. For the full festival lineup, visit heavymontreal.com. Produced by Avenco. Hey guys, welcome to a very special edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. My name is Mark Striegel, and we have the one and only Lita Ford on the podcast today. Legendary guitar player, legendary vocalist, legendary rocker, Lita Ford, who will be performing at Heavy Montreal this year. I cannot wait to see her performance. She's going to tell us who she's going to have playing with her. Definitely uh, some familiar names in the band, so that's, uh, that's always a cool thing. And without further ado, I'm just going to shut the hell up. Let's get into this interview with Lita Ford. This is off that classic Lita record. The album was simply called Lita. And that was just like the perfect record. So many great songs on that record. And this is Kiss Me Deadly, followed by my interview with Lita Ford.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel of the Talking Metal Podcast, and calling in on the line, we have the one, the only, Lita Ford. Lita, thanks so much for calling in to us tonight. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. We are so excited to see you play at one of the great hard rock, heavy metal, punk rock festivals that goes on in North America these days, and it is Heavy Montreal. Anything uh, special in store for the Heavy Montreal crowd this year? Well, first of all, we got a kick-butt band. <laughs> cool. Uh, we've got Bobby Rock on the drums. Uh, I know there's a lot of Bobby Rock fans out there. Um, Marty O'Brien on bass. And Patrick Kennison, who was in Union Underground, is now playing with me. Oh, nice. Um, so we got a really great band and um, lots of high energy coming off the stage. Um, we're going to go through various decades of the Lita catalog, starting with Out for Blood and uh, going through Cherry Bomb and the Runaways days. So we've got a lot going on in the set list itself. Excellent. Um, well, I'm psyched to see Bobby Rock with you. That's going to be great. Yeah, he he does this little drum solo part where he goes off and he just goes eight during uh, Can't Catch Me, um, written by Lemmy. Lemmy and I wrote that one night after the rainbow. We went, we rolled down the hill and we went to his apartment. And uh, three days later, him and I came out of his apartment with this song. And uh, it ended up on the Lita album one of my favorite tracks and it's a great song for a drum solo so we put bobby on the on the drums during that song and he just tears it up awesome Awesome. yeah now you have such a just incredible history going all the way back to the 70s but i want to talk to you about your more recent history you had you had a bit of a hiatus for a while and then you came back into the spotlight in around 2008 and you've been there ever since. So since 2008, what have been some of your career highlights? Oh, boy, 2008. Um, well, i got to tell you that one of my career highlights was winning the Guitar Players Certified Legends Award. Cool. Um, and for me, that was huge because... I came from an era where women weren't accepted as guitar players. They weren't accepted as musicians, let alone guitar players. The guitar players came last. And um, then just recently, I was number four on the list of ten to be accepted in guitar players, Legends, the Legends Award. And um, it was Oh, God, who was it? Uh, Les Paul, uh, Joe Perry, Jeff Beck, and Lita Ford. Wow. Uh, great company. Really great company. So I was so happy with that. We did a show. We played whiskey. A bunch of people came. Just knocked it out of the ballpark. So that was one of my highlights. Wow, wow, definitely a, a great group to be included with. Uh, speaking of, of Les Paul, he, of course, passed away a number of years ago, but he would have recently have turned 100, I think, in 2015. It would have been his 100th birthday. Uh-huh. Did you did you know Les personally? 
in a way I knew less, but not really, really well. Um, I did play the Iridium after he passed away. You know, they had special guests that would sit in with his band every Monday night. And I got to I got to sit in with his band and it was it was just a great honor to sit in with them and play old BB King songs and you know, uh, just blues it up. And uh, they were wonderful people. But I got Les Paul to sign an old guitar that I have in storage. And I was going to sell it recently in an auction, but the only reason I didn't is because it's got Les Paul's signature on it. Wow. <laughs> so I met him here and there. You know, we talked, we chit-chatted. He's a ladies' man. All right, I've heard that about him. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about a drummer that I really feel that you brought to the public eye. Randy Castillo, he went on to play with Vince Neil, uh, Ozzy, and Motley Crue. Where did you first discover Randy? Well, first of all, thank you for saying that, because a lot of people don't give me the credit. Um, I saw Randy for the first time in a little club called The Troubadour in Los Angeles. Little tiny, low ceiling, packed full of, you know, like sardines. And uh, there was something about him that was so unique and so different than any other drummer I'd seen. And I just, I had to have him in my hand. I talked to him after the show, and uh, I asked him, you know, what what are your plans for the future, and would you be interested in, in perhaps coming down and jamming with us? And he was so excited. And uh, we got him down to play with us. We all, of course, fell in love with Randy as a person, not only the drummer, but the person himself. He's such a character. And uh, from that point on, he stayed with me until he went to Ozzy. Really? Okay. So he did the Dancing on the Edge album, and he toured all through Europe and had a great time. And after he left uh, to join Ozzy, did you remain in, in touch with him up until his death? Mm, I did, but he was always on tour, and I was always on tour. So we we talked every now and then. You know, every time we'd hook up, we'd run into each other in the same city. But we'd always be chasing for girls. You know, right. he would go for the girlfriend, and I would go for the boyfriend. <laughs> he had this thing down where I'd say, Randy, he's hot. And he goes, oh, yeah, so is she. And <laughs> Randy would say, I'll go after her, and you go after him. And i go, okay, let's do it, Randy. So <laughs> Randy and I, we were bad. We were so bad. We would go and split up couples and, you know, party all night. Right on, right on. Uh, I want to take you back to that first solo record, Out for Blood, in 1983. It had had quite a a different sound than what we were used to from the Runaways. And was there a conscious decision when you did that record, like, I'm going to get away from the sound I was doing with the Runaways, I'm going to, you know, go heavier, go harder, go more metal? Um, I wanted to go heavier, but at the same time, I was still really so much a runaway. You know, that, that those, those are my roots, and you can't ever lose your roots. And if you do, you're in trouble. 
Right. You don't want to lose your roots. But at the same time, you need to grow and progress as a musician, especially as a singer. I, I practiced vocals, uh, I took vocal lessons, um, sang along, tried to sing along with my favorite singers and, and played along with my favorite guitar players. But um, it evolved in a, in a heavier in a heavier manner than the Runaways. Um, given that Joan was no longer the lead singer, and uh, it was now guys playing as opposed to all females playing, it did have a different vibe to it, and uh, I loved it. I loved it. I wanted to keep going. And keep going. I did. Which you did, definitely, because, of course, you exploded a number of years later with the, the Lita record, but Dancing on the Edge, the very next record, which was probably only like a year after Out for Blood, right? That was just an explosive record, too. Any memories of recording that? Yeah, well, Dancing on the Edge was nominated for a Grammy, which was pretty amazing because it was my second album out of the shoot. Um I was real happy about that. And then having Tony Iommi on the video for Dress to Kill, that was pretty cool, too. I mean, I'm dating like superhero, you know? Right. Like, you can't ask for much more than that. How long did you and Tony date? About two years. Cool. And where did you first meet him? I met Tony in Germany. We were on tour. I was on tour with Blackmore's Rainbow. And... Uh, we had two weeks off, and during those two weeks, they sent us over to Germany, where we played with Black Sabbath. And um, Tony and I met after one show in the bar, and um, the rest is pretty much history. Cool. So, you know, you want to come back to my room? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Right on, right on. So, musically speaking, what do you think the future holds for you? Are you working on new music? Are you thinking about doing new music? We've been writing. We've been recording. We've been doing a book. Um, we're really in the right phase right now between the book for Harper Collins and then writing a new album. Um, things are pretty cool. I got to, like I said, with my great band, um, who are also part of the writing process. Um, you know, we bounce off each other ideas, and uh, things are coming together really well. And it's the same bunch of guys you mentioned earlier. The same guys you're playing live with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also write with Michael Dan Emig, who's a lyricist. Oh, okay. Him, I did mention earlier. Cool, cool. And you mentioned the book. We've been hearing about the book for a while now. Uh, how far along are you in it? Are you nearing completion? Mm. Thank God. <laughs> so is there a release date set for it? It was a bit of a struggle at first because I felt like people weren't understanding what I was trying to say. It they they didn't seem to be able to wrap their head around what was going on. And a girl, 
you know, it's a man-dominated world, and uh, here's this little girl trying to explain to them, you know, this is what I did when I was 16, and this is what I did when I was 21, and they just didn't seem to wrap their head around it, and it didn't work, so I went on further and, and looked for someone else to help me write the book. Strike number two, writer number two, didn't work out, and I finally figured, you know what, I'm just going to do this myself because there's no way I'm going to let it fall into the toilet. So it's done, thank God. Um, it's a pretty cool book. It's got a lot of ups and downs, um, a lot of sadness, a lot of happiness, a lot of humor, um, definitely a lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And um, I think people will like it. Very good. Well, I cannot wait to read it. There have been so many great books by so many great artists that have come out in you know the last decade or two. Are are there any that you particularly love? You know, any books by any rock stars that you really enjoyed reading? Uh, I started reading Neil Peart's book. Um, the one where he goes on the motorcycle ride. Right. I've heard about it. I haven't read it, but I've heard about it. I thought it was pretty cool. I got to the point where I couldn't put it down. And, um, and then it seemed to just, I don't know, it just seemed to, it was more of the same, more of the same, more of the same. And then that's where I started to put it down because it didn't really seem to go anywhere. But um, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have any favorite books. And they, they really are true all rock and roll, sex, drugs, and rock and roll books. And some of them are, are quite extreme. Yeah. But, um, you know, when you're coming from a teenage girl, it, it takes on a whole different demeanor, you know. Um, growing up with girls and being with girls that you don't really know. Not like, uh, it, it, it's not like being put, in, put into a classroom where you don't really know the girls, but you're in a classroom with them. And you get to know them. You may not like them, but you're in a classroom with them and you're stuck with them for the semester. Right, so you're, you're referring to bandmates you had back in those years. Referring to the runaways. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In my, of course, solo project, I got to pick and choose. If I didn't like someone, they got the boot. <laughs> right on. Right but Runaways, you know, we we were just uh, teenage girls with raging hormones. So it was a good thing. Cool. Well, I look forward to reading about that and everything else that you're, you know, you've covered in your career in your book. HarperCollins, you said, will be releasing it. And did, did we mention a release date, or don't we know that yet? Well, we're looking at March so far for the release date of the book, and hopefully February for the release date of the album. Cool. So they'll be back back. Uh, 2016. It's going to be a very busy year. Wow, very cool. excited about it. Excellent. Well, that's very exciting. I saw you're doing the Kiss Cruise this fall. Have you done that before? 
No. It sounds no. fun. I'm a big Kiss fan. It, it sounds fun. I'm like thinking, I don't know if it's sold out, but I'm thinking I might want to go. And there's only four bands on it, too, which is cool. So, you know, you're not, you don't have to be here. You have to do that. It, it's just, the only thing is you have to play more, which is right. fine. And were you a big Kiss fan growing up? Mm, I was friends with the guys. Friends with Gene, friends with Paul. But um, musically, I was very much into the heavy metal side of music. Right. Um, Blackmore, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath. Uh, Led Zeppelin is about as heavy as it got, you know? So I just You mentioned earlier that you did some touring with, with Blackmore. Did you get to know him at all? I did. I knew I knew Blackmore very well. Um I absolutely adored him and worshipped the ground he walked on. He was such a, a genius musically. And he was such a gentle, calm, quiet human being. Of course, I'm sure he lost his temper every once in a while, but I never saw that side of him. And I just adored him. And then uh, later on, when I went solo, we were asked looking for him in the year on the European show with Jolyn uh, Turner singing lead vocal. Sure. And I had the time of my life. You know, it was just the best, but. Richie was dating a girl, and um, I didn't get too close to him because I didn't want to get in their way and get in between them and um, keep my respect. And uh, I hung out with Joe Lynn, and we talked about music and hairstyles and what are you going to wear tonight? And, <laughs> you know, we had a really good time. It was a really fun tour. And then we had a break in the tour, and we went over and toured with Sabbath, my other hero. Right like, you know wrong. Good stuff, good stuff. Thank you, Lita, for sharing these memories and sh stories with us today. And again, we're totally excited to see you at Heavy Montreal. Uh, I'll be doing some live interviews and streaming in the press tent with Mitch LaFon, who I believe you just spoke to the, the other day. So we'd love to have you come back and join us for uh, a check-in at Heavy Montreal if you're available. I will be there. Awesome. Okay, Lita, thanks so much for joining us. And again, we'll see you at Heavy Montreal. All right, Mark. See you soon. Take care.
What you just heard was Dancing on the Edge off Alita's second solo record, Dancing on the Edge. The title track that was right there off of that record. Great stuff going way back to 1984. And Lita has just done so much great stuff. And and sometimes I feel like, you know, these, these rockers from the past who have been rocking us for so long, their newer stuff gets overlooked. Um, and we, we definitely shouldn't overlook Lita's newer stuff. The Living Like a Runaway record was really, really strong. And we're going to check out the title track off of that record. We're going to end today's show with that song, The Runaways, Lita's former band. Very cool to hear that she's going to probably be doing Cherry Bomb at uh, Heavy Montreal. Can't wait to hear that. Can't wait to see her at Heavy Montreal. Can, hopefully we'll uh, maybe hook up for a photo or more more uh, interviews with her, another interview with her backstage. Be sure to check out Lita's website. We're going to have it linked through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. She's got a lot of great merch and T-shirts and hoodies and stuff for sale. So definitely check that out and support Lita with with buying something off of her website and also by buying her music on iTunes. Purchase purchase the music of the artists we play on Talking Metal. Make a PayPal donation to keep us going. You can do that on the site, TalkingMetal.com. And you can uh, use those Amazon links, which you'll find in the Talking Metal section of TalkingMetal.com. You can listen to my other shows, Metal Raps, and then, of course, One on One with Mitch LaFawn. Uh, yeah, that's about it, guys. Thanks for everything. I really appreciate everything you do for us here on Talking Metal. See ya at Heavy Montreal. Lita will be performing on Saturday. That's the August 8th day. And you know it's going to be a good set. Always is from Lita. So can't wait. See you there. This is a little Lita Ford on Talking Metal. Living like a runaway from 2012.
Yesterday